Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Joel, and along with Tiff and our two boys, Hosea and Timmy, uh, we normally live in the little island nation of Vanuatu, where everything starts late. So thank you for making us feel so welcome uh, this morning. Um, and we are, we've been delighted to be uh, sharing with Petersham uh, over the last couple of weeks about our work in Vanuatu um, as our home church, where Tiff and I spent many years, but also as dear partners in our work for the gospel. We've been told a lot over the past few months that we are all in this together. It's quite a catch cry, isn't it, from those sort of gentle-voiced TV ads from the banks and the cars and the groceries reminding us how much they love us, um, to the banners on people's balconies, uh, Ben Lee getting his first royalty check since I was at university. It's kind of been the raw cry of the last couple of months, hasn't it? Um, and while now it's probably kind of tipping over from poignant to cliche, it does kind of touch this certain part of our hearts where all in this together kind of conjures up that blitz spirit of World War II London, you know, keep calm and carry on, old chap, stiff up a lip, but, but you know, it, it kind of, it, it verges on being a little bit too gritty, a little bit stoic. Uh, we've kind of been uh, riding the waves of emotion through the Psalms the past few weeks in church, but this Psalm today, Psalm 66, kind of wraps its arm around you and sings, we're all in this together. But it's not through some stiff upper lip. It's not sort of through gritted teeth. This psalm sings with its head flung back and its voice loud. It sings with joy. It sings for joy. From, from the widest reaches of the world, uh, to, to the community of God's own people, to the, the secret places of our hearts. From, from the infinite to the intimate, it sings for joy. And this psalm asks us, asks everyone, to sing along. So put down your coffee, clear your throats, warm up those cords, get a sip of water ready, and let's go. There's no gentle build for this song of joy, of God's joy. We start with this huge cymbal crash, this huge trumpet blast. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Everyone and everything is immediately swept up in this, this call, this challenge to see God's glory and power and shout to recognize what God is like and to respond. Whether in towering fear, should you dare to stand against him, verse 3, or in reverent praise of everyone, verse 4. Uh, like uh, later on in this psalm in verse 7, we kind of have this warning wrapped up in that praise, don't we? Reminding us that, uh, that God's discipline of the nations is ultimately that he might be exalted among the nations. This psalm starts with, with truly public theology. God's rule and power and glory are a truth for everyone. To be pointed out, to be sung about, that everyone might recognize it might speak of it, might respond to it. But to keep it from being kind of too general, too abstract, too kind of hand-wavy, the, the psalm then calls us to this very specific moment, verse 5, come and see what the Lord has done. An event long past is now kind of placed in front of us. Um, one of the key events of the Old Testament story when God faced off against the powers of Egypt 
to bring his people out in the Exodus. He turned the sea into dry land, telling, of course, that when God parted the waters of the Red Sea to allow his people to escape the armies of Egypt, uh, he brought them through battle after battle after battle to enter the land he'd promised them. They passed through the river on foot. And with this very kind of specific moments of God's saving his people in view, it's like we're invited to weave ourselves into that great story. There we rejoiced in him. To, to, to align ourselves with all of humanity as part of that great summons to praise, to see God who he is, to bow before his glory and kingly rule, and also to, to kind of align our present self with the past with God's great salvation as the cause for all of Israel, actually for all the world, to worship Israel's God. Shout with joy. Join the song that echoes to the ends of the earth. God reigns. His glory is for all to see, especially, most wonderfully, in his gracious redemption of his own. Verse 8, another crash of the symbols. praise God, all peoples. This universal cry is now kind of bounced around the community of God's people. Uh, the, the big kind of general references become the ours and the us's of this, this central part of the song, verses 8 to 12. And God's tender care that we first saw at the Red Sea and the crossing of the River Jordan it has continued long after that initial act of salvation. He has carefully looked after his own, preserving our lives, we're told, keeping our feet from slipping. Not that this has all been smooth sailing. Verse 11 and 12, you, you brought us into prison. You, you laid burdens on our backs. You, you let people ride over our heads. We went through fire. We went through water. And all because, verse 10, you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. The sad and sorry history of, of so much of Israel has not been because God was neglectful. Their suffering at the hands of the Philistines, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, even each other, has not been because God saved them and then left the building. It was all a, a tempering, a, a refining, taking something and, and purifying it to cleanse it, to perfect it. And ultimately, verse 12, to bring them to a place of relief, of abundance, of peace. Our, our current circumstances didn't invent suffering, but it has for many of us amplified it. Our relationships, our, our finances, our plans, our health. It's like the volume's been turned up on all the things that were hard before. So that now they're, they're, they're so much more. And if you're feeling like you're burning up in the fire, if you feel like you're drowning in the waters, you're not out of step with the Bible. You're certainly not out of tune with the Psalms. The, the ones who wrote this song, the, the ones who wrote the Bible we have before us, they, they know what it is to go through trial. God 
doesn't hate you. In fact, he's refining something that he treasures deeply. So much so that he's perfecting you. He doesn't just want you rescued, he wants you holy. And the trial, the refining, the fire and the water, it might be confusing. Yes. It might be mysterious, kind of defying any real explanation, yes, but, but it is not meaningless. It's part of God bringing to, to full beauty that which he loves. Uh, the, letter to, uh, the letter of James in the New Testament starts with this word that, that resonates so well with this psalm. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature, complete, not lacking anything. We have here the test of our joy. To endure the trials as that which prepares us for our ultimate future with God. And then there's a bit of a twist in this song. As we come to this final section, 13 to 20, we, we go from that big universal symbol crash to the shouts of God's community in Israel to this sudden, quiet solo. This single quavering voice, now long, no longer an us or an our, but an I, a me, a one person taking the place of all the alls, all the we's of the earlier parts. One, one individual coming forward to keep the vows they made in their distress. To try and show their gratitude to God for his salvation, past and present, however they can. And verse 15, it seems to be extravagant, these sort of animals upon animals upon animals in these sacrifices, more than most people could ever deliver. But the bearer smudge on what God deserves from all we've sung of him so far. And we end with an even quieter call in verse 16. Come and hear, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. We loop back, no longer begging the whole world to see what God did to save his people before but now to hear what God has done in and for and through me. It's this profoundly intimate moment where the, the effect of God's actions for all are, are refracted, are kind of bounced through the experience of just one. And we're given the most personal of insights through this individual's prayers as if to remind us that calling on God in our need is itself a kind of praise that we've been summoned to. Because when we call out to him, when we groan to him, when we pray to him, it marks him out as the one we look to for help. It, it puts our beliefs on show. It, it, it puts our beliefs to the test, doesn't it? That we run to him and not to anything else, not to anyone else. There's no higher proof of what we truly think of God than in our prayers. And verse 18's kind of been, been gnawing away at me this last little while as I've been uh, reading and reflecting on this psalm. 
Um, but I think it's, it's trying to show that how the beliefs we have are, are, are on show during our prayers. And it's, it's, it's confronted me with how casual we can be, how carelessly we can sin one moment and expect God to answer us the next. And then we end with this wonderful verse 20, a call again to praise, as there is no higher joy than seeing the greatness the power, the wonderful love of God when we see our trust vindicated and our prayers answered. We are all in this together. How easily it is to join this song in Psalm 66. We are all in this together to sing of God's glorious name, to see his glory in the word made flesh, the one and only son full of grace and truth. John 1, 14. To call to the whole world to, to come and see what God has done in, in the most concrete and specific moments. Our salvation through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This defining moment to which we can point and call an entire universe to praise. So that every knee might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God his Father, Philippians 2. What joy that our praise is inherently and gloriously drawing everyone to see the one we love. What joy. To face the seemingly constant fire and water of a life striving to faithfully follow our God, knowing that every temptation we fight, every trial we endure, every wound that pierces us is part of the refining work of God who saved us, who loves us, who is perfecting us. What joy to count even our pain as part of our redemption. What joy and to devote ourselves to our saving, ruling God, offering to him a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, Hebrews 13, honouring God by looking to him and to no one else for our deliverance, our all. We know our God, and he has surely listened, and so we're confident to ask, as a child to their father, what joy, he has not rejected us. He will not reject those he loves. And our experience can powerfully speak to what we know of God for everyone. What joy. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth by a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by god's power until the coming of salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time in all this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, in glory, in honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Let's give thanks to God for his gracious love. Our gracious God, we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given to us for life and health and safety, for power to work leisure to rest, and for all that is beautiful in creation and in human life. But above all, we praise you for our Saviour Jesus Christ, for his death and resurrection, for the gift of your Spirit, and for the hope of sharing in your glory. Fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and praying for right priorities. Almighty God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass things temporal, that we finally lose not the things that are eternal. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we're praying for the spread of the gospel. We praise you, Lord of all, for the gifts of Christ, our ascended King, for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Hear our prayer for all who do not know your love and who have not heard the gospel of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Send out your light and truth through the messengers of your word, Especially we pray for our dear friends Joel and Tiff uh, as they prepare to head back to Vanuatu in good time. Please, through them and through us, bring many to a saving trust in Christ and help us to support Joel and Tiff by our prayers and offerings and to commend the gospel ourselves by what we say and what we do. And in all things we pray you would hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to finish our time together this morning by singing. So thanks, Lucy and Hannah, as we sing and join the chorus of the angels in heaven. <laughs>